Hello everyone. Welcome to Math for Knitters. This is Lara. Once again, it's been a long time and I really appreciate everybody's emails and comments of support and I am really excited about doing this show. Um, partly because I have great news. <laughs> uh, I finished the gray sweater that I mentioned on the blog last night and actually somebody had asked me if I could do a show about blocking and finishing. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the way that I finish and block sweaters. So this sweater, um, it's in a stitch pattern called uh, Dragon Skin. It's from Barbara Walker's, I believe it's the second treasury. And I designed it kind of from scratch with some input from some women in my knitting group. Of uh, I used Barbara Walker's um, top-down book as kind of a starting point and I made a very small um, saddle shoulder across the top of the shoulder because the way this pattern is it's very um, vertical so just a small vertical strip and then picked up the shoulders and it's one of those projects I wasn't really sure how it was going to work out I used the same waist shaping as I used on the blue sweaters last year Yes, I did make two of them as <laughs> I way overbought on the yarn and made two sweaters. But this is my first top down that was not a raglan. And man, I just loved it from day one. It was so much fun to work on. And the stitch pattern was interesting without being too hard. And I'd actually used it before for my sister's wedding afghan. I made her queen sized afghan when she got married out of um, seven panels, one really big one. And three on each side that were the same. So this was one of the panels I put in for um, strength and longevity because I figure that dragons are pretty strong and they probably live for a little while. So I um, had always really loved the pattern and I thought I had this gray yarn that I bought last year when my local yarn shop, Athena Fibers, was um, having a clearance sale because they stopped carrying this particular kind of yarn. It's 100% wool yarn. I believe it's called Galway. Yeah, it's basically a worsted weight yarn and I worked it on size seven needles and fives for the edgings. And instead of a ribbed edge, I used um, moss stitch. And I'm just really pleased with it. I'll have photos on the blog. And the way I approach finishing is I basically want to do as little finishing as possible. And it isn't because I don't like finishing, although I don't. <laughs> it's really because I, I feel like there's nothing more satisfying than just casting off and maybe doing in a few ends, although I do try to make myself do in the ends as I go, and being done. Um, it's just nice. And also, I, I feel like I'm not really much of a seamstress. And so, when I need to, need to sew seams, I actually use my favorite technique now for seams, if they don't need to be really um, invisible, is actually from a book called Greetings from the Knit Cafe. There's a sideways knit baby sweater in that book, and you knit it, you knit the whole thing in one piece, and then you sew the shoulders. Um, which actually is the entire sleeve on the top of the sleeve. But instead of sewing it, you actually pick up um, all the stitches and do a three needle bind off all the way down. And what that does is it gives you a nice stretchy edge to use for the top of the shoulder. So right now, that's pretty much what I use 
for just about every uh, theme. <laughs> when I do a baby surprise by Elizabeth Zimmerman, I do it that way too. Although I will occasionally do a crochet bind off if I'm very careful to make it loose. The thing is, it's hard for me to get a sewn seam as flexible as knitting, especially garter stitch or, or really stretchy uh, stitches like that. And so I, I really prefer to do a garment, garment as seamlessly as seamlessly as possible. So this sweater, basically, um, I sat down with my notebook and well, let me get my notebook, I'll tell you. And I forgot to say when I started it, I keep telling myself, next sweater, I will tell, write myself down when I start and when I finish and that way I will know how long it takes me, but I didn't do it. Um, I think it was about a month. It could have been five, six weeks, so that sounds about right for me. So basically, um, I start and I would scan these pages, but I, I, my scanner, I lost the cable to it. Isn't that stupid? So I need to either decide to uh, get a new cable or give up on scanning things for a while. But I have photographed the final uh, diagram that I made before I blocked. So basically, I write down, you know, where the pattern is I'm going to use the stitch pattern. Uh, the kind of yarn I'm using, how many skeins I start out with. Because a lot of times you get done and you say, well, I've got one say nearly two skeins of yarn left, but that doesn't actually tell me how many skeins I used because I'm never bright enough to actually keep the dang ball bands or keep track. So uh, fortunately, I did manage to write down that I had eight skeins and I have one whole skein and most of a second skein left over. If I hadn't had a, the seventh skein, I maybe could have gotten away with just pulling out the gauge swatch which I've done before and actually I left this time I left the gauge swatch without any ends tucked in so it would be easier to pull out if I needed it but I had fortunately I had tons and tons of yarn left over so now I have to decide what I'm going to do with that but I think I might just stick it back in the stash and let it marinate for a while I write down which size needles I'm using which actually is, is harder to remember than you'd think if you put something down for a while and then I even wrote down what I did for the gauge swatch. And for the gauge swatch, I cast on 36 inches and did eight rows of moss stitch and then switched to number sevens and worked dragon skin with five stitches of moss on each side. This is mostly because I wanted to make sure that the moss stitch would look good with the dragon skin. And it does. I love it. And then I uh, soaked it and blocked it to lie flat. And this pattern uses increases and decreases to make its magic and what that means is that your your fabric kind of puckers a little bit like an unblocked lace when you're knitting it and the one thing I should have done I didn't do is measure the swatch before I blocked it and then after because then as I was going I could have measured the unblocked sweater to make sure that it was really coming out the right size instead what I would do is just kind of pull it on and kind of pull on it <laughs> until it looked flat and um uh figure that meant that it was okay and it always it always looked okay I mean it looked like it was going to be maybe a little bit snug but that's okay this, this is a sweater that I wanted to fit let's say in a body conscious way um to show off my cool belly dancing figure <laughs> I've been belly dancing now for just over a year and I weigh the same in fact I weigh exactly the same as I did a year ago, um, which is about, it's not that much, it's about 10 pounds more than I weighed when I was an athlete in high school. Um, but of course, I'm not 16 anymore, so it looks a little bit different. 
than it did when I was 16. Um, and now that I have been getting regular exercise that's very muscle intensive, um, my shape looks a lot better. So I'm. this was a very intentional sweater for that. Anyway, <laughs> a little segue. Um, and then basically the way that I block things that I want to be straight is I take TIG welding wire, which you can get very expensive, inexpensively at just about any welding supply or even a large hardware store. I haven't tried Home Depot. They might have it. They might not. It, I don't know. But basically what I did was when I, f I read online, somewhere said that she was using that. And I went to the, it was a welding, it was actually a welding store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I said, I need TIG welding wire. I did not even know what it looked like. It basically comes in, in about three feet long and it's, it's, it's quite thin. It's about as thick as maybe your very finest knitting needle. And it's just blunt on the ends. And the woman who said that she used it for blocking said that she had her husband grind down the ends to make for a nicer kind of point but I haven't done that I just try to be careful not to stab the yarn too bad with the edges and I've used it for just about everything now for well let's see if I was living in Tulsa that summer it had to be 90 97 or 98 so almost 10 years and I just love them um, they're very very cheap and you can get as many as you like they're about three feet long and they make they're wonderful because they're flexible, so you can bend them if you want to, but you don't have to. And even if you do end up using pins to hold something out, then you don't need as many. Like you might need to put one on each end and then one every six inches or so. To, and it gives you a really nice edge. So I just love mine. And so for this, that since this pattern curls so much, because it's basically stockinette stitch with increases and decreases, um, then I, uh, I I blocked it using the wires, four wires, and I blocked it kind of severely because I wanted it to lie perfectly flat. Although in the final sweater, I had a little bit more ease than I thought because I had to use stockinette panels in the sweater too because there were points when the uh, stitches, I didn't have enough stitches to make a whole repeat because the pattern is basically 26 stitches across, which is quite a lot. And so I had those stockinette panels and the stockinette had a looser gauge than the pattern did. And so in the end, I, I left it a little bit more loosely blocked. I basically just, you'll see, I'll put photos on the website, but basically I did put a wire on each front of the cardigan. So one on the left, one on the right. And then I used a third wire to actually bring the two sides together, just loosely, just kind of wove it through um, two or three places. And made sure that, that everything else, I was gonna maybe maybe put wires through the bottom hems and the hems on the sleeves, and I just couldn't do it. I, I looked at it and I'd used a sewn bind off, which is actually one of my favorite bind offs, and it just wasn't conducive to me sticking pins, wires through it. And so I just pressed it gently with my hands and tugged on it until it looked pretty straight. and. I'm happy with the way it looks. I, I think it looks really nice. So also, if you look at the pictures, you'll notice that I didn't put any buttons or buttonholes on the sweater. I wanted a kind of um, Nordic feeling for the sweater, and so I'm just going to buy a small pewter or silver clasp 
at the at the yarn shop and use those or I might I don't know I think that is what I'm going to do I think I'm just going to have one little little thing I haven't decided where it will go <laughs> but we'll see we'll get to that so basically then I just took the waist shaping principle I took my one of my old blue sweaters from last year out and I just measured it very carefully and this is a great way to find the fit for things is you have a garment that you like that has about the same thickness of fabric as the garment that you're going to make and you just measure and I just drew myself a little diagram about how um, deep it should be and like for instance my waist shaping is um, right after the armpits four inches later it should be um, four inches thinner and then it comes out again and then I have vents on the bottom but basically that's um, what I did I as I went I would um, do in my ends and maybe not all at once but every once in a while and what I like to do for top-down sweaters is work until um, I get to where the sleeves separate from the body and then I work one sleeve and then I work the second sleeve and then I work the body and I just find it's a little bit less what's the word I want to use I don't want to be hauling around a whole sweater while I'm knitting the sleeve it's awkward and also I feel like it messes with my gauge and so that's the order that I do when I'm doing bottom-up sweaters obviously you do everything up until everything gets united and then you unite them and then you've got just this you know the big thing flopping around and I just that's just what I do the only exception is if I'm doing a small baby sweater I'll just knit it in whatever order I feel like I don't really um care too much because it's such a smaller garment there isn't as much weight involved I just don't like the idea of hauling around maybe almost a pound of yarn on, on my on my needles as I'm trying to make a sleeve it just doesn't it just doesn't work so I uh that's what I do um I tend to plan my garments so that so that they don't have too many um seams but when I am knitting it from a pattern and I don't want to alter it to make it in the round or if it's something that I don't think will work in the round, like I'm going to make a shrug soon and, and I haven't decided if I'm going to follow the pattern or if I'm going to just make it up. But I have a pattern and I think it looks pretty cute and so I might just try it. Um, then I do either a crocheted uh, seam or the cast off, I mean the picked up and the three needle bind off um, seam, which I really like. I think it it's very stretchy, and as long as you like the look of the three needle bind off, it looks great. And so um, that's that. Also, I wanted to tell you today about Film and Fiber. It's a new podcast, although it's not as new now as it was <laughs> when I last meant to talk about it. But um, it's fantastic. I I don't remember. I'm sorry, the name of the girl who does it. Actually, let me look it up. I feel bad, I have to say. Okay, I'm opening iTunes. Oh, but also, okay, so lastly, so you finish the sweater, and then I actually um, fill my washing machine with the smallest amount of water that it will go and stop the washer and then dump my sweater in there for a good 15 to 20 minutes to let it get good and wet. And then... I kind of gently pull it out, um, lifting it from the bottom to support its weight so that it doesn't stretch and um, kind of drain it as well as I can with my hands and then wrap it up in a towel and uh, empty the washing machine and then put the washing machine on the spin cycle 
just the spin cycle and put the uh, the sweater in one side of the washer and the towel I had it in on the other side just to try to reduce the amount of banging around that will happen and run it through one entire spin cycle and what this does is it mostly wrings the water out now it may seem a little silly to soak the thing and then wring it out but that's what I do and it works really well for me and I live in a relative in the winter this is, this is a very dry climate and so I could probably even not wring it out <laughs> but I'm kind of impatient and I don't like uh, dealing with uh, wet wool for very long so I, I like to wring it out and then I lay it out on a towel and um, in this case I put my welding wires through two through the two front parts of the cardigan and just gently I'm sorry smoothed everything down and also and I will put a picture of this up I draw a diagram of the sizes of the different parts of the sweater the length of the sleeve the thickness of the sleeve at the top and at the bottom of the sleeve the length of the un distance of the sweater from the underarm to the hem the width of the hem the width of the underarm the width in the middle of the waist shaping how far down the waist shaping is from the underarm you get it I mean just a general schematic um, on this particular sweater I didn't worry too much about the depth of the yoke to the underarms or the uh, neck I just felt like I would just make it so that it looked good to me and leave it at that this is why it's so nice when you have a pattern that it should have a diagram like this too that tells you how long everything should be not just the final size of the chest but everything and that's why I love a good pattern book that has that because then you can really see not just where you might want to alter the pattern to fit you more properly, but also when you're blocking it to make sure that you can get the sleeves the right length and yada yada. So I get, I get it all out on the towel and I get my diagram and I get a measuring tape. I know I should use a yardstick, but I just don't have one. So, and then I measure, I kind of pat it out until it looks right. And then I measure everything. I measure to make sure that the sleeves are the same length. I measure to make sure that the it's the length it needs to be. I measure to make sure the waist is the width it needs to be, and the hem, and so on and so on. And that way you just make sure that everything is really the way you want it to be. And um, that's, that's what I do. I leave it alone. Um, I actually close the door to whatever room I've done it in because I have a cat who likes to eat yarn including sweaters especially if they are wet i don't know what is with him wet wool very attractive i don't understand it but i have to watch him very closely <laughs> when i'm uh, blocking a sweater so uh, for some reason if i'm wearing it he's fine but if it's just out he'll, he'll he's all over it so i have to have to watch those things really closely so um what was i saying oh okay so i get it all dried out and usually in my climate in the winter it takes about a day in the summer, it could take two or three days, but that depends on if I have the air conditioning on, whatever. But I leave it probably longer than I really need to because I'm just a little cautious like that. In fact, it's probably done now, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it until tomorrow. Can you know, let it have a little rest after being tugged on. So remember when you're blocking that if something is coming out too long, then you should pull it wider and vice versa. And the problem is, if you think that you're going to get something longer just by blocking it, remember that it will have to be narrower and vice versa. To an extent, we'll, we'll forgive you small indiscrepancies. But if you're thinking of making a major change in the blocking, you might need to reconsider. 
just just a warning so okay so that's that um also well i guess that's about it well let's see there was one more thing i kind of ran across when i was working on this sweater that i i don't know if i've explained well on the show and that's when let me get to my where i did it when you're doing math to figure out how many increases or decreases you need to do how many pickup stitches you need how many whatever i find it really helps yeah it really helps to actually write out what you need to do like say you need to put five let's do an easy one you need to put five decreases evenly spaced across 20 stitches okay now if you write that out in a fraction five into 20 then you can see that it's really one in every four so either every fourth um yeah so every fourth stitch needs to become every fourth stitch needs to become three stitches instead of four and i don't know that doesn't really make lots of sense but <laughs> basically an example like that seems a little silly but if you have an odd number an awkward number then it can help you to write that out and you can see more clearly what you need to do and also don't be afraid to use um the brute force method as one of my uh calculus professors said where you just plug in numbers and see what happens like say okay what if i decreased every third stitch how many decreases would that get me in this number of stitches okay every fourth every fifth every sixth and eventually hopefully you will find a solution that will work for you and don't be afraid to round round up or round down just a little bit um just don't do anything too extreme and always remember to write out what you do so that you can go back and check yourself later and if you make a mistake so okay that was my little preachiness <laughs> my math preachiness for today um so I guess that that's it. Um, my, uh, I don't remember if you're supposed to talk about this, but my podcast anniversary is coming up in April and I cannot even express how much this show has helped me in the last year with everything. I've really found the courage to complete um, sections of my life that really needed completing and to to take stock of what I really want. And I don't know if I would have the clarity of vision that I have if it weren't uh, for doing this show. So it's also great that there are people out there who want to hear what I have to say. It really um, builds my confidence and I hope that it helps you too. Um, it's just wonderful. So, well, that's my, that's it, <laughs> I guess, for today. Um, I really am going to attempt to make these shows more regular my work schedule should start to slow down a little bit now that we're through um with high school basketball so um yay <laughs> i really enjoyed enjoyed doing it this year but it was it was really really stressful <laughs> it was a lot of work and a lot of driving and a lot of travel um but i love tra travel i love driving i love my work but Sometimes I want a day or two at home. <laughs> so I uh, hope, hopefully I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you for a great year. And I look forward to uh, talking to you some more. And don't forget, you can always take control of your knitting. Bye-bye. Shh, it's about to start.
Is that plain stockinette knitting project you've been working on become so dull that you want to stab yourself in the eye with your own needles every time you look at it? Well, maybe I can suggest the perfect movie to see you through the agonizing throes of boring knitting. This is Holly, inviting you to check out the Film and Fiber podcast where we'll talk about knitting, movies, and knitting while watching movies. Get your ticket at filmandfiber.com because knitting is great, but knitting while watching a movie is even better.